lifestyle. It's the bachelor lifestyle. Can I sleep for a minute? It's my first impression, Rose. Prime back to Jay Stewart breaking down all the shows. It's the Welcome back. You are listening to the Bachelor Lifestyle from theballerlifestyle.com. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you for sticking with us. We didn't we didn't cover Bachelor in Paradise this season. It just was too many bachelors back to back. We need a break. And when they're going Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette, bam, 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 bam. It's a lot. It's a lot for us. But we're back. Our show for people that have been have been longtime listeners. You'll notice that our show exists on a new feed, a dedicated feed. So it's no longer part of the Baller Lifestyle podcast feed. We wanted to separate that out so that our Bachelor fans, because it's, you know, there's there's some crossover, but some people just listen to the Bachelor show. Some people just listen to the Baller Lifestyle show. So it made sense to put them on their own feed. But that said, people aren't going to be, aren't going to know that they can find us here. So... Be a deer, share the bachelor lifestyle link with your friends and let them know, hey, there's this, the, this bachelor show has is branching out and it's leveling up and I want you to check it out. Uh, I, I introduce myself, of course, I'm Brian Beckner and I'm joined as always by Mr. Jason Stewart. Jason, what's up? Hello, everybody. Yeah, buddy. Uh, it's re- it's really good to hear your voice, and it's really good to um, to virtually see our listening audience great. for the first time in quite some time. Now, good feeling um, for the. I mean, since we're on kind of a new platform or an alternate platform and stuff, it's a great chance, I think, to kind of reset what our our brand is. Because if if indeed yeah. we might get some new listeners, maybe they're not aware of this. Um, and I guess the easiest way to put it is is that our show has been called the great white in a sea of bachelor podcasts. That's right. That's um, right. <laughs> and the reason why they call us that is because this podcast has teeth to it. Um, it does. A lot of the podcasts out there are just kind of self-serving. Uh, a lot of the podcasts, you know, brag to be the insiders with all the relationships. Well, that's also the safest, most boring podcast that's because right. they don't want to they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yep. They don't want to step on any toes. But you and I, unlike all the other uh, podcasts, including our friend Reality Steve, good friend we don't get into the minutiae that is off the air. We, we don't we don't we also don't traffic in spoilers. We don't, we know a lot of stuff, although there's one sort of spoiler that I think needs to be addressed and it doesn't spoil this season, but we can, we can discuss it um, as it comes up um, that we might traffic in, but for the most part, we don't traffic in spoilers on this show where we're, we like to, to some extent be involved in the show to 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 lose ourselves in in the show the bachelor and lose ourselves in the fantasy but that said this is the show that if they if they slap us in the face if they insult our intelligence with a fake we found your handwritten notes right in your hotel room we're not going to just act like that's something that's real and not made up by the producers of this show to cause drama. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess we kind of, what, what's the analogy? We break down the, which wall is it? The fifth wall? How the many, fourth how wall. Break down. We don't like to, even though that our content is strictly, uh, it, it's strictly, about the show and and That's what right. aired and That's what right. happens within the show, we keep it in between the lines. Yep. But we definitely like to call the show out for what it is. Oftentimes, and that's a a big piece of shit that is yes. Is, yes. is deceitful. Yes. to the core, made by it awful screws, people, screws with people's lives. Um, and and but don't get me wrong. Uh. Beckner and I have two opposing kind of um, journeys to this podcast. That's right. 
I think he watches The Bachelor and especially The Bachelorette um, because he's got to do a podcast about it. It's and true. it's kind of interesting and th- there might be some attractive women. But he, I don't That's think right. he really likes the show per se. I, I admittedly am a fan of the show. Yeah. I think the formula is compelling. I think they've done a great, you know, this, this show hasn't been on the air for 20 plus years for nothing. It, it does a good job of casting and keeping our interest. I don't miss an episode. Um, so in that respect, I'm, I'm a fan of the show, but I also realize just how dirty and gross it can be. Um, yeah, absolutely. And normally we cover each episode, but we're jumping into this season. We had some, we had some behind the scenes difficulties. We're jumping into this season, three episodes in. So as at, to catch us up, Jason, what have been, what have been the big stories so far this season? Yeah, I think we should just like, you know, paint with a uh, broad brushstrokes here, but like, you know, um, a quick kind of leading us leading up to this, the, the reason why there are two bachelorettes within the same calendar years, because the bachelor, the show made a big mistake in how they executed uh, last season's bachelor. They, they cast the first black bachelor and it was a PR nightmare. And all of a sudden, we have two different bachelorettes in 2021. One was the very white uh, Katie that you and I summarized, and she, I she was I sex positive. To listen to, yes. yeah, she was sex positive, and and she was sex positive. And then there's Michelle, our uh, black contestant, who I think was runner up in in Matt's season. She's a school teacher, not very interesting, uh, attractive. She's smart. You could tell she's got a great head on her shoulders, but just is there isn't a whole lot of there there. She's, but. she's a beneficiary of something the bachelor likes to do, and that is completely fucking throw the rule book out of the window. <laughs> there, right? There, the show is women are chosen or men, you know, depending on which piece of the franchise we're watching. Women are selected as contestants to compete for the love of a man who may give them a, a pulled back faces, Neil Young, Neil Young, Neil Lane ring at the end of the season. But at some point, and, and we've seen on the show, sometimes you get kicked off and sometimes a contestant will be like, yeah, I don't feel like getting kicked off. And they'll go, okay, you can stay. <laughs> or the, or they go, or they go, Hey, you live in the mansion and the bachelor lives somewhere else when really it's like the guest house and they're, and you're, he's sequestered and they go, Oh no, I'll just go to his house today. And they go, okay, you can do that. And last season they did a thing where they go, Hey, um, here's your, here's your 24 contestants. And then after like seven or eight of them get kicked off, they go, Oh, Hey, here's five more. Here's five more completely new people that didn't, that haven't been through the, it's like, it's like the decathlon. It's like you got you you've done the javelin, you've done the the steeplechase, you've done the 110 meter hurdles and you still have the pole vault left to go and the long jump. And they go, "Oh, um all these people that are that have the least points are out and a whole bunch of new people just come in and they get to they're they're at the same level as the people that have already been competing." It's bullshit. It's it's assaultive to our intelligences. Yep. And this and Michelle was one of those replacement chicks. Uh, what was his name? Matt was real into her. She had a I, real I sh- would, Yeah. I would argue that she wasn't just one of the girls added. She was the reason why the yeah, girls were added. You said, that, was, you said that straight she, off. She somehow uh uh got onto the show because Matt wanted her on the show and then took her to the almost to the end. Now, um to put it in sports terms, um it's like my survivor pool. We're six weeks into the survivor pick pool. And then all of a sudden, like at week seven, maybe I wasn't like reading the small detail of the instructions. Uh, the commissioner was like, all right, guys, it's buyback time. Anyone yeah. who's been kicked off could buy back yeah. now. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? That's bullshit. Wait, hold on a second. This is a survivor pool. Yes. There's buybacks? Yes. Six weeks in? Yes. No, no, that's not. What, so she became that. She was the buyback. And yep. she uh, t- went to the end. We said the whole time she was a, she's a great gal. She's nice. She's, she's yes. sweet. Mm-hmm. She's Pretty. just not interesting. Yep. She's a teacher from Minnesota. She's also, well, drop my pencil. I do that once an episode. Uh, she's also, we learn this season, 2011's Minnesota's uh, Mrs. Basketball. 
or runner up? I there think she are runner up. There are no shortages of what you just mentioned. There are no shortages of school references yep. and basketball references. She this, balled out. This woman's life, as much as maybe she doesn't want to identify herself as much, but almost everything goes back to a basketball pun or a teaching pun. Now, uh, Reality Steve at some point had told us that the reason why they staggered the Bachelorettes the way they did this season is because Michelle didn't want yes. to take time off from teaching her kids to do the Bachelorette. Now, yeah. the women listening right now are thinking how sweet and how cool it is that she's that committed to children. We need more of those people. And then there's there's my perspective that is a great example of just how boring she is because we need like fame starved uh, people that are willing to compromise their dignity yeah. to yeah. come on this show. We don't need school teachers who want to make sure little kids get educated. Well, and also they shot this in Palm Springs. If I assume unless she's teaching year round school, I assume that means her, she gets out of the school year in the summer. Does it look like fucking yeah. summer to you on this show? Does it look like this was shot in the heat of the summer? I see. I'm seeing jackets. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Now, um, you know, for those who have been following the last uh, couple seasons, you know, Chris Harrison was canceled. Um, yeah. And Tayshia show and Caitlin. Him. The show misses him. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Uh, the, the, the show misses him. Uh, because he was really easy to make fun of. He'll he was s- a total dweeb. Yes. Um, and he took the show, or at least he presented himself that he took the show very seriously. And he actually tried He's- to sell us every week that this was about love and nothing, nothing more when it actually is just about humiliating people who signed up uh, to well, be famous. Uh, no, it's great. It's great. it's great for that. But he did bring some gravitas to the show. Like if he shows up and he's like a, a, um, what was the guy's name? Ryan. I need to talk to you. Is that the guy's name? The guy with the notes? Uh, Ryan, this, this time around. Yeah. Yeah. I think his name is Ryan. Right. If he, if, if Chris Harrison shows up and he's like, Hey Ryan, we need to talk to you about something we found in your room. You're there's there is a sense of urgency at that moment. There's you're you're riveted to the screen. You're like, hey, what's happening? Tasha and Caitlin show up and they're like, hey, we got we found something. It is it just reeks of inauthenticity. They just don't have the same kind of gravitas that and- Harrison, who was the who was the conscience of right. the show brought to the show who'd been there every single season. Now they're going to replace Tasha and Caitlin next season with, with Jesse Palmer, who I like to refer to as the talented Kyle Brandt. He's going to come in next season and he's gorgeous. He's, he was the bachelor way back when, and like the early, like back when the bachelor had some juice to it. Back before it was everybody trying to become influencers, so I feel like once we get Jesse in there, we're gonna we're gonna get some of that some of that the moral conscience of the show is gonna be there, but they gotta find a way to pivot out of this influencer culture and they, and here's something they gotta do, Jason, and this has been a problem for a few seasons now, and it's happened on this season, and they're they've sort of glossed over it. People are coming onto the show and they already fucking know each other. This, yep. this batch, uh, Michelle, Miss Basketball 2011, she had a, she had a text relationship with Mr. Basketball 2011, Minnesota, Joe. Yes. And the guys find out about it. And yeah, maybe it's a work. Jamie seems to be the plant this season. He's the Carl of this season. He's the Corinne of this season. He's the Chad Johnson of this season. He's, you know, he's there to stir shit up, but he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong in saying, Hey, there's an issue here. And, and guys, and 
they played it off. They're like, oh, we never said anything. We have Michelle's best interest in mind. But these guys were looking at each other go, were, and saying, we're, we're saying to each other, hey, what the fuck's going on with Michelle and Joe? Because I don't like it. There's a closeness there. There's a familiarity. And there was. If and there's it happens a, if every there's season. A, if there's a familiarity yep. that compromises the, the entire show, because this is a 30, 30 complete strangers meet a woman or it's meet a, a man, yes. and they, they are going to be engaged at the end. That's that's the nature of the show. It's not you know 25 strangers and five dudes that have up, been up in each other's DMs and everything. It's that's what the show's become. So, and the, and I I want to say maybe some of that will go away with the with when the quarantines go away. Like there's a lot of dead time between seasons. Everyone knows what the cast is and they reach out to each other. This was not an instance of that, but I think that 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 might kill that a little bit. But what Beckner's referring to are two things. Uh, real quick, Ryan was a was cast on the show, a real big doofus. Um, and he, for whatever reason, and this this is where you kind of you were sniffing a little BS a little bit. Uh, Caitlin and Tasha said, as a new wrinkle to the show, we're just going to surprise the cast members and look through the shit that they brought. Unbelievable! Like, how how like Unbelievable. how unusual non sequitur is that? Like, why would that even be a good? show idea no like, i'm gonna go through all the stuff that he brought on the trip like what what so what if hey what if you got a rash what if you got because they're going through guys toiletries and shit what if you that, got i don't if, i don't i don't i honestly don't even think this is what i, I think they reverse engineered this this is what of course happened. they did something happened where ryan's playbook was discovered or maybe he was dumb enough to present it to one of the producers no this, this is, is a, my playbook yeah and then they said all right let's make believe like we're going to do this new thing where the host goes through everybody's shit. And then they had the, then they had Tasha and Caitlin go through, I think two guys stuff. And then they showed this one guy. So it's like, I think they like, there was a total facade how they discovered this a totally. complete facade. Um, so they discovered that this guy, as he puts it, he's been doing some research. He wasn't familiar with the show. So he's been taking a lot a lot of uh, like storytelling from people that know the show and then from internet sources. And he put it into this folder where I guess everything from how to like keywords to use in conversation, how to advance yes. to the next week, Such how to ingratiate yourself yeah. to the person yes. and like, just like play by play shit. That's really, it's really stupid for anyone to admit that they actually have, um, and it was it was uh, sniffed out quickly, and he was released on night one. But the whole thing just was fishy. I didn't I didn't yeah. buy it from second one, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no. It just it seemed fa- and they hit it off. And there was he the did he show up in the ice cream truck? This is something that yes. that people yes. people he are new to the, the show will be irritated showed by. Showed up in an ice cream truck. Yeah. Yes. yes. He showed and, up in the ice cream truck with a pun, with some sort of pun that I don't remember. And she, and of course, it was so juiced where she's like, I really like this, Ryan. I'm feeling an immediate connection. Like, I want to yes. grab his dick right away. And I'm like, hold on, what's going on here? Like, he's got his hair's all poofed up, you know? <laughs> and all, and not only is his hair poofed up, but he's also. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I'm a coach. And she's like, oh yeah, what sport? And he's like, the special Olympics. Like he's like a little too, he had the right answers for everything. He had all the right details. I, I think you're, and I'm usually not the one that, that buys into these conspiracies, but I feel like this is just, Ryan is truly a planted character, a plot device, <laughs> The entire um, here's my notes, my printed. I, I before I left for the Bachelor, I printed on my fucking HP printer. I made sure I had enough ink in there. It right, wasn't all right. It's out. not. It, it's not even like a file on his phone. Come on, which most people. It's, it's yes. actually printed out and put in yes. physical folders. Insane. To be seen. Yeah. Insane. Um, Printed. I, I turned off color because I didn't want to waste my color ink. I I, I went grayscale right. for this and printed this out so that we so that I could have notes. And the notes are so mundane. It's not not like 
not not like you're cheating on your fucking civics final where you're like have to write down when the what years the laws came into effect his notes were like ask her her name you know like um like where did she go? ask her where she went to school like just like how, like the stupidest things that any normal human being would just already know to do this is bullshit this whole thing is bullshit it's disgusting and it's just cuz they know that, the, that all these empty vessels are, they don't want to ruin their future as a social media influencer. So they're not going to do anything too crazy. All they want to do is be good looking so that they can fucking sell me undies. Hey, what up me undies? We're open to sponsorships here, by the way, after the season ends, after they get kicked off, they want to get a good edit. So no one's going to do anything real stupid. So they have to juice these things unless they can find a sociopath like Chad Johnson, I, who who will do a murder eventually. I, I'm, I mean, I've always said this too. Like the subject is dull. She's she, there's yeah. nothing interesting about her. Like not even like not interesting as much as there's just nothing. Um, I don't know what you would call it. Edgy. There's nothing there that that's interesting in that respect that makes good TV. So what they have to do is they have to juice it up with these, these, uh, these produced things. They have to interject things that people will have to react to because she's not going to carry this thing. Now, um, a, a, a couple of things I want, before I get to, uh, what you had mentioned before about Jamie and, uh, her knowing somebody, I will say this about Jamie. The second he walked out of the limo, this guy, um, it, it says he's 32. That's at least 10 years off. Oh, at least I'm watching. I watch this with my girlfriend and she, she agrees that 42 is on the the low side, more like mid forties. Like he, dude, he looks like he's got so much age to him, dude. And he tries to play it off. Like he's 32 years old. This Jamie, this Jamie is not 32. I'm glad you brought this up. My man is 60. He's 60 years old. He's a CEO of some bullshit. He's, he's got a dark energy to him. He's, yeah. He's a, he's a plot device as well. I'm not buying that Jamie's a real dude from San Diego or whatever, whatever right. his deal is. Um, yeah. He's great. And like, there's no, he's good. Jamie, Jamie is, he's a real interesting guy, whether it's an actor or not, he has a very interesting story. And, you know, he went on a one-on-one with her at some point yeah. and he's telling his story. It's a tragic story about him growing up and oh, losing, he- losing his father and stuff. And like, he was telling this, the story as a juxtaposition to her story, which is so boring. It's she's had two <laughs> parents that have been together the entire time and had a great upbringing. And then he tells this tragic story about his father uh, killing himself and stuff. Yeah. But I was, I, I was thinking to myself as he's like, it was really rough growing up. I'm like, yeah, in the 70s. Yeah. It yeah. was really did rough he, growing up in the 70s. Did he, a- in his 50s. did he accidentally drop any references? He's like, I remember when my mom drove me to school in my AMC Pacers, yeah. Pacer, in her AMC Pacer, and I, I threw on my Granimals and, and, uh, my- we have these, uh, we had these new pe- we had these new things called peachy folders. Yeah, I, 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 I had, to get, had to get my hands on kids, those. Kids made fun of my Starsky and Hutch lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> I right. did like one thing I did like about their date. You you mentioned that they went on a one on one date, and they went on a one on one date, and the and the one on one date was rock climbing. They went to Joshua Tree, they went rock climbing, and I believe it was Jamie who had one of my favorite quotes. And there was a lot of good ones in these first few episodes. They're getting ready to go rock climbing and they're they're belaying up there and they're clipping on their carabiners and they're putting on those pointy shoes and everything. And he said, doing things like this are what relationships are all about. <laughs> <laughs> Always the analogy. <laughs> Taking it was a, what was it taking risks and, yes. yeah. and and helping each other out and you can't get to the top without each other and just horrible yeah. love cliches. Yes, oh, yeah. it's great. Yes. Every time they have like one of these extreme activities, it goes right back to the cheesy love cliches. But but anyways, Jamie, he's he's at least forty five and at least. he's lived a long hard life. But, he, but he's an interesting guy. But what he does is he kind of uh, calls her on his, on her shit a little bit. Um, she admits when this guy, Joe gets out of the limo, yeah. I, I know him. I've seen his face before. 
She says to him when they greet, how do I know you? And then at some point she reveals that at one point, yeah. I don't know when, how recently, maybe it was years ago, she she got up in his DMs yep. and they had like one or two uh, back and forths and he just ghosted her. That was the nature of their uh, relationship. Now, over three episodes, we have learned that not only was she Miss Basketball 2011 yeah. in Minnesota, he was Mr. Basketball 2011. So you're thinking there's there's so much more to this uh, totally. prior relationship. And so they, they got up in each other's DMs and, and he ghosted her. And that was the storyline that he made it onto a show coincidentally with some woman that he ghosted, which everything just sounds so contrived and planned. Like yeah. this was very much planned by Michelle to have him on the show. Right. Right. And also he said, so there, we learned that they're both Mr. and Mrs. Basketball 2011, but then he said, she's like, you know, I never heard back from you. What was that all about? And then he said, well, he's like, you know, that was right after the whole George Floyd thing was going on. And I'm like, well, that was like nine months ago. <laughs> exactly. So it's exactly. like you knew each other in 2011, but also you knew each other in 2020. Like what? We're not getting the whole story here. Not at all. And and by the way, uh, the George Floyd thing was horrible. The George Floyd thing was horrible for someone in Minneapolis. Um, of course. So for, but, but for him to bring that up as a reason why he didn't uh, have a one sentence response to it, to it, like, I don't care how overwhelming yeah. it was. Yeah. Yes. There's no way you didn't have the yeah. 13 seconds to be like, you know what? I got a lot going on right now. Yes. Maybe we can catch up later. Like just, just a, <laughs> yes. any response yes. at all yes. to, to go George Floyd as a reason why you ghosted someone. I mean, that's just a, that just seems like a very easy excuse that could be uh, poked holes in for sure. But yeah, I mean, um, he's not related to George Floyd as far as we know. Right. right? Right, right. He wasn't a personal friend of George Floyd. I know it was a very intense time and I can't imagine what it was like in Miss in Minneapolis at the time. But I mean, it wasn't like he just didn't text anybody at that time. Right. So yeah. um so this Jamie guy, the forty five year old, uh, he he catches wind that they knew each other. Yeah. Uh Jamie also has a story where one of his buddies was at a Minneapolis bar and saw Michelle. This is a lie. And then he says that his buddy tells it that she was at the bar with some light skin baller, like light, yeah. light skin, black baller. Okay? Yeah. Now, yes. And so Jamie just kind of concocts a story or maybe it was a true story. Who knows? And he, he confronts her with it Yep. after, after telling the guys about it a little bit. So what he does is he confronts her about it to get her reaction to it. Yep. But he also, while he does it, does what a lot of people do on the show that, that inevitably is their end. And he says, um, yeah, uh, it's the talk of the house. Everybody's talking about it. And they, you know, they're really just confused about it. In other words, everybody in the house is questioning your, uh, intentions on the show. That's basically how she took it. That's pretty much how he, how he put it. And she just goes into like this shutdown mode, like so much so that I was like, well, did all this happen or not? Because she just shut yeah. down and didn't didn't even answer any of the questions. Um, she goes out and tells the guys uh, something was brought to my attention. I can't believe all you guys are, are questioning my integrity, yeah. and I don't even know what to do. It was in the middle of the rose ceremony, so she's like, "I'm going to cut off the cocktail party, and we're going to go right to the rose, whatever." All this stuff. Yeah. So, so that did a couple of things, right? It planted a seed with her that people are questioning her, but it also like it specifically did what all the, the producers of the show wanted. All the guys now are like, who is the rat? And not even a rat because Jamie's story didn't, wasn't even consistent with what, what happened. Like none of the guys were talking about this. This was all just kind of concocted by him yeah. and executed by him. So it actually took a, an episode and a half for it to all come back on, on the, the old guy. But, um, but that's just kind of how it went down. But yet again, not unlike the uh, story we just told about the revealing of the, the folder and the notes and stuff, there's just, 
It seems something something was just fishy about this entire yeah. thing, whether totally. it be her relationship with Joe, Jamie's execution of it. We see Jamie um, like off camera, but still on mic, like telling producers that 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 he thinks that, that that she's full of shit and all this stuff. It's like something just didn't quite add up with this Jamie character. Now I agree. Uh, one thing that I I thought of while I was watching that date between Jamie and Michelle. Uh, right after he tells us the horrifying story of his mother's suicide, they're greeted to a private concert <laughs> by a quasi country pop singer songwriter type, Carolyn Jones. I, it's this is the first I've ever seen this happen on this show. It's so rare that you that we're treated to a private concert from a maybe country, not quite singer on the show. Is that surprising to you, Jason? I, it was a, uh, one of the rare times where a date ends with them spilling into a room with a country, (laughs) not country band. And, and I, I made this comment, uh, last season, like how far this show has been, has come, you know, it's, it's really trying to change its brand and be more inclusive and everything else. So much so that uh, they were able to get a white singer and her three white bandmates uh, yeah. to serenade uh, two black contestants um, with their country, not yes, country yes, love song. Yes. So th- the show is, the show is very much evolving in that respect. I, but, I um, like, I like how every season too the contestants seem very familiar with the heretofore unknown to everyone else musical act that happens to be on stage. They're like, Oh my God, it's Caroline Jones. And actually there were a few of those in these first few episodes that I would so, like to discuss. But which, which, okay. I'll, I'll bring up the, I'll bring up the first one. So the, uh, one of the group dates in the first three episodes is on an, an, uh, what do you call it? And, I guess it might actually be at the place that shotgun top gun was yeah. shot or, yeah. or they went on to, I think it's just the airport. Where, yeah. Right. A yeah. hanger, right. Yeah. With yeah. Hanger. Planes and whatnot. Yeah. And the whole thing was they did a tie in where they're going to promote top, the top gun sequel and then do some kind of a challenge within that uh, to, to, to promote the top gun brand. Well, um, they, they had to go way deep on the call sheet for these two actors. Like, you know, there's there's Tom Cruise at the top. Which John I'm Hamm's guessing, in that movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, yeah, John Hamm, and I'm guessing there's three or four people that, that we've heard of. And then there are these two guys. Like, they they they, they talk two actors into being the, the hosts of this uh, this challenge. And I think one, they had one of the contestants say, yes. oh, my God, uh Ted Snow and Jamal Williams. It, I, I can't believe that I'm actually here with Top Gun people. Nobody Jason, knew these actors. Jason, I wrote, I wrote it down. The movie is not out. Right. It hasn't come out. Yeah. I wrote down the quote, and I think it might have been Peter. Peter, and I, wa- I want to point out that there's a lot of, um, you know, hey, look, there's there's sexuality is a sliding scale, which I understand, but there's some, some characters on the show that just seem just a, a, a little effect for, for the bachelor <laughs> franchise. And one of those guys is Peter. And I believe it's him. Who's so excited about top gun. He says, yes. Oh my God, it's Jay Ellis and Glenn Powell. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I am in shock right now. So am I, because I've never heard of these guys. Yeah. I'm in just shock like, that you know who they are. Just like so uh, literally, they must have tried like the first six people on the call sheet. And they're like, we're not doing that crap. Then they had to keep going down to people that had less and less lines in the <laughs> yes. movie. Yes. And then, so they found these two dudes. Now, I'm glad you brought up Peter, because he's one of the characters over the first three episodes. He's great. He's great. Um, I don't know what nationality i'm guessing italian or something or, yeah. or he's a some pizza kind man. of eastern uh, okay okay so he's he's literally a pizza guy he yeah. says he owns three pizza places yeah and then um and he's a total 
goofball. Like his hair is ridiculous. The way he yes. talks is ridiculous. Yes. The way he He's approaches so the show is ridiculous. Yeah. And then he has a, a rivalry, which the show tends to do pit one against the other with, uh, with this guy, Will. Now, um, Peter and Will become a thing. And yeah. Peter, they had to do a challenge in this freaking top gun thing where they had to get into one of those. What do you call those? Like the, it's a, I don't know, a, an anti uh, G machine. I don't know. Yeah, it's every, like everyone a, has like seen it at the carnival yes. where you do Gy- you it's spin, like a gyroscope your body around. around. Yeah. yeah. And it's supposed to get you used to the G force or whatever it is. But P- Will was very like affected by it. Cause he's like, I don't do well with motion and stuff like that. And he got through it. And they were supposed to say loving things to her as they were doing it without puking and all this stuff. So he gets through it and he wins the challenge, whatever it's that's great. worth. It's great. And for winning the challenge, they give him a flight jacket, like a, a, a total cheesy, like yeah. probably like, um, I would guess like, um, um, you know, the movie makers like yeah. made like a hundred jackets right. to give out. It's like, just looks like what yeah. Tom Cruise wore. So anyways, they gave him a jacket and they said, Hey, for winning the challenge, you get this. Well, um, one of the more dramatic moments of the first three episodes is that Peter and Will get so heated at each other that Peter takes Will's top gun jacket and throws it in the pool. Yeah. And what's Will do? Cries. He cries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will cries. He cries. I, and, and again, I mean, you and I, maybe I've been doing more of the pointing out than you have about about the feelings of the contestants yeah. over, over the years. Like yeah. it's gradually become more and more sentimental in touch with their feelings yeah. and not giving a shit how they are perceived. And that like, this guy just breaks down crying when another guy throws his jacket in the pool and everyone, and not one person called him a, a, a pussy or anything. They basically were like, yeah, we'll, we'll should be upset. It's like, yeah. dude, um, something's wrong there, dude. We no, you shouldn't be crying over that. But uh, it's again, it's a generational thing. I won't give it too much. What you, what you do as a man is you go grab him by his fucking ear yes. and you fucking pull him over to the pool and go <laughs> get in that pool and get my fucking jacket, or I'm going to start kicking you. Yeah, you don't. You yeah. don't go. You don't go cry. Literally, not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> euphemized. Like he went and cried. He came back in tears in his eyes. He was crying. Yes. Um, So Will and Peter were a rivalry. You know, Peter got sent home eventually. So it's not, uh, he's not around. He was a character. Um, Our guy, Jamie, the 45 year old, his tactic worked against him. They figured him out. She figured him out and, and he's off the show. So those are a couple of characters that, that are not, on the program they did that thing where he was over talking to his producer and he was running game like he's like so cool he's like look he's like i don't he's like this michelle chick she's supposed to be all you know if she's really thinks she's looking for a husband then why i can't remember what he said exactly but he's like if she's really if she really thinks she's looking for a husband then i can't remember but he basically said for her to 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 take this idiot, this kid seriously, because yeah. she had just given him a rose, yeah. a 20, 24, 25 year yes. old playboy that he's like, if, if she's comparing me with him, then, then screw this. Yes. Like this, this isn't, I'm, this isn't worth my time basically. And, um, and he's, and he's mic'd up and it's, and it's like, he's off camera talking to the producer, like bachelor. We know that you could do this in any season <laughs> to any character. Right. Like you, right. you get this kind of footage on everyone. You just chose to use this as a device. And what he, he didn't even really say anything that bad. You know, it just like, they just wanted to, to kind of villainize him a little bit more, right, which right. I they guess did. was effective, whatever. And, 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 you know, so 45 year old Peter going home, the one guy who's real fired up about it is uh Casey, a white dude from Miami He's fired up because he now is the only other 45-year-old on the well, show. He's, well, he's, yes. the, he's the guy with the beard. Um, he's been he's been kind of the the friend that's trying to, you know, weed out the rat. Like, but he he's very old. Like he could yeah. be her father. Yeah, he is. He's real old. He's real old. Yeah. Um but I, I guess like uh we skipped over a couple of things, but like the there was a there was an actual basketball challenge. Oh my god. 
the problem with the basketball challenge, and I felt for this uh, Indian guy, or maybe Pakistani. Pardeep. Uh, Pardeep. We're talking about Pardeep. Pardeep, <laughs> obviously, obviously has never uh, played basketball in his life. I feel never. for that because never. there are a couple guys on the show, the aforementioned um, – Man of the Year in in Minnesota basketball, Joe. and then there are a couple other guys that are real ballers. Oh, yes. You can tell. yes, and no, then there's her, yes, Wade, yes, and then there's Pardeep, um, <laughs> let's launching, yes. launching bricks from <laughs> I, three. So, spoiler alert: I have a note written here. Pardeep goes home, and I and then I just listed below it because of his jumper question mark. <laughs> That's because, exactly it. He was he, he had, was flinging it like at the side of the basket, like line drives, like just like props to him. Look, I'm not going out and doing anything that makes me look like a bitch. Like I could play. <laughs> I'm not a basketball player, but I've played enough basketball that I could I, I wouldn't look bad. I'm not going to be a standout, but my I'm going to miss all my shots, but they're going to look like they should have almost gone in. You know, it's like, I'm not going <laughs> to embarrass myself so much and I'll, and I'll make, make it look like I'm Dean up and, and hustling and stuff. So I, I play basketball, but if they're like, Hey, um, we're doing a fucking boxing challenge and you know, there's a bunch of badass dudes there. I'm just going to be like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the boxing thing. Cause I'm going <laughs> to look like a pussy. Like I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. So that this is what Pardeep should have done. Pardeep should have faked an injury. He should have done something. Cause it was a bad look. I want to know though, much like when, when Jay Ellis and Glenn Powell were introduced, <laughs> they're like, Hey, we're doing a basketball challenge today. And guys, I have a special treat for you. Introducing from the WNBA. Yes. Patricia Arnez and. Shamika Johnson and all the guys are like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> Look, there's no one's ever heard of it. It's no, it's no, it's no slight against the sport. It's just that it's not a popular sport. So much like if, if you brought out two uh, cricket players or right. somebody, somebody that was really big in competitive handball, we wouldn't know who they are. And you, so don't pretend like, you know, who the WNBA players are. Like, I thought that was funny. And they, they obviously, again, much like the actors, I think they had to, they had to scrape the bottom of the barrel yes. for these players because, yes. like, they obviously uh, didn't care about their personality or their ability to, um, I don't know, like speak yes. on, yeah. <laughs> on the air because you would think that you would get just because the names aren't important in the WNBA, you think you would just get two big personalities like that could just carry it. They could host the challenge. They could, you know, they could, they could give uh, Michelle a little bit of a breather and having to host this thing. And they got two zeros. Yeah. Couldn't yes. like, couldn't walk you through. Okay. Uh, next we're going to do a, a dribbling drills. Uh, yes. Now, yes. Now uh, again, Joe, Mr. Minnesota 2011, um, he has the advantage in the basketball challenge, given the fact that he was the best basketball player in a state for a year. That So he had an advantage. And, of course, he led his team back from being down 20. Yeah. And I think he had Pardeep yeah. on his team. So, that, he did, so that, they didn't show – yeah, they didn't show how the teams were picked. But no, they <laughs> – but the one team, one team had the real tall, super gay seeming guy, Nate, yeah. N-A-Y-T-E, yeah. who I, we forgot Dude. to use his quote, better Nate than never. Okay. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a note about that. So, uh, Nate, he shows up out of the limousine and he's like, Hey, name's Nate. And, uh, you know, better Nate than never. And, uh, and then she was like, she was impressed with that line as if he, as if he hasn't used it on 90 women in his life before this. But like, but my thing is if you really, if you really break down that line, better Nate than never, it's almost like um, you might as well just get me as opposed to nothing. Like it, it's, I, I, if it's me or never, then you might as well, I'm better than, I'm better than never. <laughs> better yes. Nate than never. Yes, it's, it's like, um, <laughs> I'm the next 
yeah. least bad thing. Like you could have the very worst thing or you could yeah. have something that's only slightly not as bad as the worst thing. And that's me, Nate, N-A-Y-T-E. Yeah, they had to pick the teams because Nate and that dude with the shaved head that was kind of like Mateen Cleaves in it around the court, like he could really yeah. get to the rack. He. He and the tall, he and Nate were on the same team, and then Joe and Pardeep, because Joe was the best player by far. But the uh, but the other team had some okay players on it, <laughs> and and so um, they do this thing every time there's like a physical challenge where they're like, um, "All right, winners get to spend the yes. cocktail yes. Uh, hour with." With her and the losers get to go home. This and so is such it, bullshit. It creates this like intense competition, even yeah. though if you watch the show at all, more than 50% of these things end up being like, you know what? Nobody lost today. Let's all go to the party. Yes. Like it just, they just completely kick the rules out. Well, the this, but, this, this one's even worse. Yeah, th- this was weird because the, you have the winning five that get that are cool. We get to spend the rest of the night with her. But then she's like, but. I'm going to pick an MVP from this game. And because Joe, who has actually played very, very high level basketball, he scored 24 points. He's the MVP, even though he's on the losing team. He's kind of like the uh, Andre Dawson uh, of this, of this competition. Um, Yeah. yeah. No, it was like, remember that one, remember that one finals where, uh, where LeBron James went off. But the but Golden State still won the finals, and they were like, right. we, LeBron James has scored forty nine points every game. Like they're <laughs> gonna have to give him, they had to give him the MVP. Right. But instead, because Andre Iguodala made one big shot, but also guarded LeBron and held him to a forty seven point scoring <laughs> average, they they gave the MVP to LeBron. This is like if they would have just given LeBron the the finals MVP. That's that's the MVP Joe yeah. got. And so the caveat is the winning team and the MVP gets to go. So uh, yet again, uh, Joe was handpicked by Michelle to do this. And then she is like almost showing her favoritism and not hiding the fact by including him in this winning uh, cocktail hour. So he goes to that. So that was that. Um, That won't be the last basketball game. challenge or reference in our in the show there's gonna be a lot of that another uh challenge was a like spelling contest in a classroom and like i think we've already heard we've already heard this reference three times in three separate entities in, in these episodes and they say it in like a a real like porn like sexy vibe it's like class is in session yeah yes yeah, like like there's supposed to be some kind of like real sexiness to it, and they say class is in session, and then she like winks at him, and and then um, but this was like she had three paid actors that happened to be like eight to ten year olds, yeah, that yeah. weren't students at all. In fact, they were cast on the show as actors. So totally. my yes, I'm thinking they have. Uh, parents that send them to auditions all day and then night school them at home. So they're not students at all. They're, they're actors um, just to kind of give a spelling bee and give the contestants shit. And I, I do, I do admit a couple of them had good personalities and were kind of funny, but they weren't, they weren't just students. They were, they were actors. Um, and we got to see a couple really bad spelling jobs. Um, this kid that she really likes, who is not very bright is Brandon. Uh, Brandon is the kid, right? Right. And and I I forget where he's from exactly. He's a traveling nurse recruiter from Portland. Um, But he, I think he's got, I think he's one of like the top three right now in the, in the clubhouse. I think she's got, she likes him. She likes his personality from, from, from a distance. He's a total player who isn't very bright, but he seems to have a thing on her. Um, But, but he was not spelling things well at all. And I think she even said like, you know, Brandon's, he's not a good speller, but there's something about (laughs) what she says. Um, So that won't be the last uh, challenge in a classroom because she's member, she's a teacher and she played basketball. So we need to make sure we hit that many times. Oh, Hey, um, Let's talk about one of my favorite contestants because he's a real sweet dude. The problem is 
Dude gets out of a limousine with a an apple costume. Um, and the apple costume, it wasn't like he got out and he was like, all right, this is was a bit for the for the get out of the limousine. I'm gonna make an apple pun and it'll be it'll be really cute. And then I'll put a like I'll put a presentable suit on. He wore the apple costume for the entire uh a cocktail party and then again at the uh, at the, the rose ceremony. This, just, so this is this is like this is like Catman next season. Like yes. people think yes. that this is gonna become their signature thing and it only works against you. It it does. And I, I'm trying to get his name here. I'll, I'll, I'll get his name. But anyways, he's a, ends up he's a really good guy. I think he's had kind of a, a tough upbringing and whatnot. Um, I think he's from L.A. And uh, he made a comment um, about Granny Smith, like even oh, though he was, yeah. he was in, even though he was in a red apple yes, yes. costume, he made a com- comment about he was she, he would be her Granny Smith. Yes, and she really like clinged on to that, like. Not only does she find it kind of cute that he, but she really likes to point out that he missed it. That yeah, she he was not a green apple, and there's been two separate chances in three episodes for her to use it against him, and she does. Yeah, she uh, should. But she absolutely. But he's should. a really good guy, and he they went on a one on one and had a really good time. I thought he was just kind of this like uh, kind of doofus that had no chance of surviving on the show, but the the kids got some depth to him. And, uh, and it's kind of funny. So I guess the whole Apple thing worked. Yeah. Do, do we want to hit on spoken word? Yeah. Is, is there anything worse than spoken word? First of all, like, is there anything less entertaining and more cr- like, you, you know how, like when somebody like you're at a, a party or, or, you know, you're just like in somebody's living room and it's just a few people there and somebody busts out the acoustic guitar <laughs> and then it just like the whole party grinds to a halt while you sit there and watch this guy try to pick out stairway to heaven and everybody's got, Oh man, great job, Dan. You're really killing it anyway. And then he just starts playing another song. He's like, well, hold on. I know Freebird too. And it's like, okay, we get it, buddy. You can play the acoustic guitar. Well, spoken word is like that, but like a hundred times worse where they all have like the same cadence and it's bad poetry, but they're like kind of rapping, but not really. They go to a spoken word thing, and much like the two WNBA players and the <laughs> and the and the two guys from the the two guys from top the new Top Gun, they walk in, and this guy Chris G, I think it is, the motivational speaker from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia. <laughs> I would I don't know how you can be a motivational speaker at age twenty eight. By the way, you haven't accomplished right, any right. life. Like, what? How are you motivating people? But he's like, oh, like he turns red. He puts his hands to his head. He like t- turns to walk out, and then he walks back in. He's like, oh my god. He goes, is that Raúl Torres? Is that the, the, the guy that got me in to spoken word? The the greatest <laughs> spoken word artist ever. Yeah. Manuel Fernandez, I cannot believe it. Like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so starstruck. I mean, it's how many times are they going to do that in a season? Is it going to be once an episode where someone that no one has heard of, these people pretend like is the most famous thing? And then they do spoken word, and this Chris guy is like way too into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's very cringy and it's like the same thing like kind of over and over and over again i i have to say man uh the caucasian representation yeah, on this show it's bad the, the white guys that are left for sure um they're all like significantly flawed dorks that have yeah. zero chance like there's uh there's the guy i already pointed out casey i think the 45 year old there's the dude who showed up um, literally underneath a, a dinner table, a, 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 a room service table. Yeah. And he had his head sticking out like he was a piece of meat out of the, yes. the plate. Horrible. He's still around for whatever reason. That yep. guy's annoying. Um, the guy you just explained has zero shot on the show. Chris he's a motivational G. speaker. Yeah. He's not even, and no offense to Chris G, but he's not handsome enough to be on the Bachelorette. Like, <laughs> I'm expecting, you know, a certain level of beauty to these I, guys. And Chris my, G does not make the cut. My my theory, my theory on this, and yeah. this, my, this is where my mind goes. 
you know, they had Tasha uh, last. Yeah, they had Tasha um, last fall. She was yep. kind of a fallback one, but she picked yep. a white dude. They had Matt, and he picked a white chick. Oh yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking they they casted all right. of these complete ugly white guys acts for yep. white guys. Thinking yep. there's no way. We could have yet another white guy chosen yes. by the Bachelorette. Yes. Then they have a lot of like real smooth guys of color. So yes. um, I, yes. I think that I think this was intentional. All the white guys have, have huge flaws and will be voted off uh, one by one. But like, um, and by the way, the uh, the Rodney is is the dude who was the apple who now is like you know he he got the rose after the one on one and. and He's like a really good dude, by the way. Oh um, yeah. Oh, he's the one. No, he's the one that runs naked. Yeah, he that that was part of the challenge that made no sense at all. Um, yeah, he runs naked and he's like, "Okay, I'll do it." And then he finds a pillow from somewhere to put over his dick while he runs naked, which is fine. But he's got his shoes and socks on. So, am I to understand you can't pull pants off over shoes or you wouldn't? I might understand that he took off his shoes and socks, stripped down the rest of what he was wearing, put the shoes and socks back on, covered his penis with a throw pillow, and then yeah. ran around the stair, the circular staircase. Now, um, Carbone, I think I think it was Reality Steve who called me on one of this because I think a, a couple of seasons ago there was another challenge i think it was tasha's no, season no maybe, it was they had bachelor, a bunch it was of, it was on bachelor in paradise where i where kenny the boy band manager's there and you're like naked yeah how right. could he be naked and i go no way he's got a speedo on he's got a speedo because, to just blurring it yeah. out yeah because in, in this environment there's no way in how they would no have way. a dude no. compel women to look at his junk so yep i think that that's what they did here uh, what they made it out to to look like though was they told Caitlin and um, and Tasha to look from around the corner to make sure that they got them on camera seeing him naked, and then they invited all the other contestants out because it was at the same hotel to see him running around naked. And in in my mind, I'm thinking this: okay, he's not actually naked, so there isn't there probably isn't that like sexual harassment thing right. of compelling people to see someone naked, right? But how about how about just having him in a position to be seen by all these people in like a surprise fashion? Like, I don't know that the show contradicts itself so often. Like, like they try to be politically correct, but then they just do these like brazenly yeah. inappropriate things there. And it, that shows that they still severely lack um, uh, self-awareness, which is, yes. I mean, to me, it's like, it's good TV that they're not politically correct. But do you, do you just, think, do you not. think Rodney would have a lawsuit against the producers if he was required to present himself in a flaccid state? Because that would, that <laughs> immediately right p- puts you at a disadvantage. You know, you want to be when you, when it's fi- finally time to reveal you want to present yourself at the a, right. in the best possible situation. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, get it out, dude. And there's all the producers and shit around. And you're like, Hey, there's no blood in this thing. And also it's kind of cold in here. You know, it's, I, you know, it's, it's like when uh, George got out of the pool, you know, it's, it's not fair. And I feel like for that reason, they would have to give him some kind of like <laughs> nude underwear or something to cover up. That's a valid point. Yeah. And yet again, these are things that uh, I don't know if this show thinks things through and they do this stuff. They don't. All the they absolutely don't. Yeah. Um, so that's basically it. Like there's yeah. three, ep- a lot, a lot more happened, but like those are the broad strokes. And then yep. I think that there's like um, that the contestant or I'm sorry, the subject, Michelle, um, sweet gal. There's just not, not much there, there. So they're throwing a bunch of stuff in to try to, to make it interesting. Um, these dudes for the most part, like Nate, better Nate than ever. He seems like a really good dude. He seems that super Rodney gay. Guy seems super like gay. a really good dude to me. Yeah. Um, Joe, the basketball player, he, he just seems like super shy and kind of a player, but he's, uh, your he's winner. probably going to be in the mix. <laughs> he's your, cause she, he's your winner. she handpicked him. She yeah, handpicked him to be on the show. The only thing could be that she flips the ghosting back on him and she'll take him down to like the like top the ultimate floor. revenge. Yeah. Serve cold or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yes. That's Best not, serve not a cold. Bad way to look at it. Yep. 
Uh, okay, well, let's catch up on it next week, right, Jay? All right, dude. Um, every single week, we're going to be uh, devoutly doing this thing, and then The Bachelor starts up in uh, January, so we're back on track. Yep, look for new episodes every Tuesday morning. Until then, for Jason Stewart, my name is Brian Bexner. This is The Bachelor Lifestyle from theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you next week. in the mansion outside the hot tub. We starting in LA and then we travel the world. We toasting champagne, we got 32 girls. Who gets a hometown and who's the most hated? Who had the best date and who's getting eliminated? We always speculating like you wouldn't believe. But I cheated, logged on to reality, Steve. So... Bachelor lifestyle we living in. It's the ball of lifestyle we living in. It's the bachelor lifestyle we living in. It's the ball of lifestyle lifestyle. It's the bachelor lifestyle we living in. It's the ball of lifestyle we living in. It's the bachelor lifestyle we living in.